We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey guys, welcome to Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of Mavs Moneyball, to coming to you a little before 5 o'clock, a little before uh, the Cowboys game, or is the Cowboys game already on? That might be uh, problematic for me if I'm uh, not paying attention to when things go. Oh no, we got we, we got 45 minutes or so till the game starts. Oh... Clippers just beat the pants off the Mavericks kind of slowly and methodically. The final score, uh, 14 points. It didn't really get bad until, you know, midway through the fourth quarter. But Los Angeles just sort of really had the, the Mavericks number, and it was it was very, very difficult. Excuse me. I'm uh, fighting off allergies again because the Cedar wants to kill me. Much like Kawhi Leonard apparently wants to kill the Dallas Mavericks. He stuck it to Dallas once again, 30 points. Probably should have had more, probably could have had more. Um, the Mavericks did their very god-awful meandering doubling strategy, which didn't work. Um, just kind of an awful game. Didn't really have fun watching it. Uh, Luca looked out of it. Uh, he got a tech, like I think his 11th of the season in the second quarter. Things were never really right with the team after that. The the You know, when Luca doesn't look good, everything kind of flows downhill from him in terms of both body language and how the team performs. The, uh, the offense looked nasty. The Clippers' length bothered um, everyone. And once, you know, once again, once Tyrone Lue realized that he should not play Zubak against the Mavericks, Zubak played 23 minutes and was a zero plus minus. Um, once once he realized that that they sh- that he shouldn't be playing, the Clippers just went off to the races. I mean, they scored 63 points in the the second half. The Mavericks scored 34. No, that's not right. Um, 44. And it was it was it was just you know really frustrating. It's it's tough to do. Uh, you know the the defense was bad for everyone. They're they're doing their switching defense again like they did last year, but. It just it doesn't look good. Nobody looked good. I, I don't really have much to say other other than that. I'm interested to hear what what you guys have to say on it. So let's come up here and chat for a little bit, um, and then let's uh, let's go watch some football. 
Brian, how are you doing? You were at the game. What's going on? It's a tradition like no other, Kirk. Uh, just talking to you right after a game. Uh, sure. Except uh, the Mavs lost again. So I guess I can't go to the game again uh, the rest of the year. So, uh, you know, I had relatively fun watching the game until the fourth quarter. But is this going to just be the Spencer game? Like, I, I'm – it's really hard to pick apart Luca having a bad game. I mean, he was obviously not there. I want to do commend the Clippers. Uh, I don't know if you notice this a lot. They were pretty much open to kind of single. Like, there was no – there was doubling. But especially, like, in the second half, there was a lot of single coverage on Luca, where he would kind of just do kind of like a – they would be like, okay, big fella, step back. Like, we're yeah. not giving you a three. Like, we're going to force you in the mid. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of posting up and would get in the middle and just didn't connect on those kind of eight to ten footers that he normally does a really good job with. Right. Uh, I mean, I think for me, especially, Spencer's my focal point for this game. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, Norman Powell put him through the washing machine like four times and he just, just like, his expressions, like, oh, what? Like, somehow it was impressive. I think it was like one of the last layups he gave up. Somehow he, he turned his body parallel to the opposite of like Norman Powell. <laughs> like <laughs> they didn't even like break his ankles or anything. That's how bad he was defensively today. He, oh yeah, and, and he does a lot of stuff where he looks at everybody else when he gets his ass kicked, and I don't oh, understand God. that one. So so frustrating. Like uh, mm, uh and they weren't. I don't think the. The, especially like the first half, the Clippers' offense was kind of like gross to watch. They weren't like breaking the mold. Their offense is always like, bad to watch. That's why it's so incredible yes. that we keep getting ran by them because they're <laughs> the, the the doubling. I, I can't emphasize this enough. It's not just the doubling of Kawhi that's bad. It's that the Mavericks don't mix it up. When you send a, a guy at him, my favorite is Tim Hardaway when Tim wasn't the initial defender, but he sort of right. skips over to Kawhi. Like, like a little, it's like he's on the playground, like hopscotching over to him. And then right. at that point, Kawhi's just like, oh, I'm going to make the basic pass around the rotation. And then it would get to the far corner. They'd shoot a three or they'd attack the rim. And because Dallas doesn't have any rim protection, it was a foul or a layup. I mean, you were getting really frustrated in our slack because you were talking about Norm Powell. Well, like that, like Norm doesn't really have a lot to do. It's pretty simple. Like you go drive the basket and, or you hit a three. It's not, it's, it's not a complicated thing you know, series of things going on. Oh, for sure. And that was like, I guess, I don't know if we should like be impressed that there was actually a coach who actually made adjustments in the second half while ours had the best seat in the house and kind of just had his hands in his pocket on the sidelines. Like he always does, but the Clippers made it a vocal point to say, Hey, we're going to stop shooting jump shots. We're going to acknowledge Dwight Powell is the center of this team and just go to the basket. Like, uh, I know, like, they pulled two bobs, obviously, and that was, like, the better call. But he was, obviously, a little bit more aggressive. And then Powell going to the basket, and I don't know if that, like, was the green light that they were just like, oh, hold on. Like, we don't have to shoot, get in a three-point shooting contest with this team, and we can kind of, like, muck up the game a little bit. And that's, like, dirty boxing, like, to the point where, the, like, this team is not made to do that. And this was, yeah. like, in – like a vacuum this was the type of uh, this was a playoff game like the way it was structured it was not like fun or sexy to watch but like this team is not made to do that and what one more thing on uh i guess for me josh green today oh we got the josh screen experience in me kirk like he 
he made he made the three and the crowd went bananas. But there was like several times where he was so indecisive where he was he caught it and it was like catch and shoot the ball. Like I don't understand how difficult that is at this point. Like do that. You're good at that. Stop. No, yeah, like, he is good. He is uh, pretty good at it. And he just like, looks to pass immediately. I, and you, uh, your phrase is basketball is not that hard. I don't understand why there's players that they get this idea. Well, like maybe I should try to do this. No, stop trying to do what you're not good at. Cause like Reggie, did, I think Tim did it once or twice. Spencer did like, but Josh did it about seven or eight times a day. That drove me nuts. And it's like, I, I don't know if the league is starting to kind of figure this team out a little bit more where it's like, oh, my God, if we kind of can confuse these guys and, like, make give them an open lane to the basket, they will collectively crap their bands. Maybe. Uh, it's just not – every now and again it really shows up that Dallas doesn't have anybody that can dribble, and, and that, that hurts because that's less about Josh Green because he had a really good game the other day, but more about how Dallas needs Josh Green to be – pretty good every game and if he's not it really hurts Dallas and that's not a fair position to have a guy in who wasn't in the rotation last year they, they need him to yeah. be better than he is on a consistent basis and that's not his fault that he's not this guy no it's not not and that's unfair and we've kind of pointed that out if we actually have to depend on guys like Green and Hardy to be productive to get a win and there's a bigger problem that needs to be addressed on this team but i'll hop that i'll hop down buddy uh happy football everybody enjoy football yep be good talk soon all right coming up next we got iwan what's happening give my man a second to find the unmute button iwan you there there we go hey what's up Kirk? how you doing i'm good thanks for joining again yeah man that was a. Uh... I mean, it was a tough game to watch the first three quarters. It kind of felt like, you know, we were just hovering the float and kind of just waiting for things to, like, you know, waiting for the dam to break the way it was, you know, the way it was going on. Yeah. You know, we kept it close in the third quarter as the third quarter ended. But it's like, like you said, fourth quarter, once they took Zubak out, it was just like, all right, now it's just like man to man. Like, okay, you got Luca, we got Kawhi. We got Paul George. Who got to match that? And then... Yeah. You could just tell you could just tell the, the talent discrepancy in the fourth quarter. It's like everyone in the Clippers star lineup, once they take Zubak out, can put the ball on the floor. They can do something with the ball. And like I said, uh, you know, like the Mavericks um feed on Bleacher Report, it's like everyone in their starting lineup could go on like a personal run. If it's an eight oh run, if it's a seven oh run, like they're the players that they have in their starting lineup are capable of doing that. And we just don't have that. We just we just don't. You know, so it just it's just a glaring, you know, light in the face that we're just we're just not that talented compared to. Oh, it's, it's a, so so my man, Mr. Ali in the chat notes that Reggie played 32 minutes and had zero points. And I mean, like the reason that didn't even Josh Bowden and I didn't even talk about that because it's just become kind of the, the norm. Like Reggie has a lot of games like this, but it was really painful watching the Mavericks play essentially a playoff rotation. Um, so you understand Woods out, you understand Maxie's out, and if they were healthy, they would play minutes. That's not, but it's like the seven guys that they did play. Only the only players who can consistently dribble in anything other than a straight line are Spencer Dinwiddie and Josh Green, and that against the Clippers, that's just gonna. It's it's just if Luca's on, like really on, you can. You, we watched it happen; they can get away with it. But if he's not, then they're just they're gonna get beat. 
Yeah, and it's like it's the second straight game we faced the Clippers where Kawhi gets an gets offensive rebound and just yep. hits a three and just kills us again because it happened when we was down. When we was down by like eight, and he got that offensive rebound, he made a three, he was up, now he went up 11, and this game, it's like you can feel it. When he gets those offensive rebounds, you can just feel that like he's going to make a big shot. You can just, you sense it when it happens, like, okay, he's he's going to he's gonna, he's gonna do it. Yep. So it's just... Like I said, the talent discrepancy is just so, you know, it's just so, it's just so, so vast. And it's like, you know, once like other teams dare, you know, our players to put, you know, the ball on the floor, it's like, like, like the last caller said, it's just like, we just lose it. It's just like, you know, and I don't know what it's going to take, but we got to get these guys out of there. I mean, Tim Hardaway and Reggie Bullock, they're going to have the aberration games where they go, you know, they're on fire. They hit, you know, five threes, six threes, but then against, Teams when you need them the most, they're gonna shit the bed. Well, what I, what I what I need more is if you have a limited offensive team, then you do different things to get the best out of the despite those limitations. And I am I am exhausted by the lack of offense. Isn't that crazy? Like the when I say offense, because the Mavericks have one of the best like half court offenses in NBA history by the like the points per possession by the numbers but when they're in a, yeah. when they're in the mud, they're just awful because they don't run any plays. And with Luca, it's fine because he's an offense unto himself in a way that is, I think that we're going to be talking about historically in a way that, that confuses people because going ISO ball just is it, it chaps people's asses. They don't like it, but it would be great if they tried to do things like actual sets and plays as opposed to Spencer Dinwiddie dribble, 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 dribble. Spencer Dinwiddie drive. Di- like Spencer hit some garbage shots today that masked how bad the game actually was. Yeah, I mean he does that a lot in a lot of the games. It's like, you know, you saw the last game of how we played offensive. You know, you had a, you know, pick and roll with Luke and Josh Green. He got a mid range shot. You know, a give and go with Luke and Powell. Like some of that can happen a little bit more. Some more action with someone else off the ball. You know, with another player that actually knows how to dribble. I mean, yeah. I know we're limited, but you know, more pick and roll with Spence, maybe some more pick and roll with Josh Green, and then you know, see 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 what can happen. And then it's also like it's like you know, the clear the the, the main issue is is glaring is like we don't have the body that can really put the ball on the floor. And you may need a spark in the game where you need someone that's they may not be that successful, but they're gonna drive, they're gonna do something. Like give Hardy a run, give him give him a little run, give him five minutes, you know. We wouldn't Especially in the that. fourth quarter. We wouldn't because uh, you know, because I had I didn't argue with our guy Matthew at Mavs Moneyball, who's like, well, Wood, I think Wood would have really helped in this game. I'm like, I don't. The Clippers are just the way with not because he's bad, not because Hardy's bad, but unless you're putting those players in a position to succeed on an offensive scale, like running a play, I don't see what right. you do against Clippers six seven lineup that's all arms and limbs, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I would have liked yeah. to have seen it's like, too. Yeah. I just think he would have. I just think he would have had a hard time, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but it's like, and one thing I don't like about our teams, like when we get the team, other teams, and bonus early, mm-hmm. like eight minutes, seven minutes, we settle for too much jump shot. It's like attack, and like you know, I mean, not saying attack relentlessly to where you're taking a bad shot, but be more aggressive to where you can, you know, draw some of these fouls. And it's like we get them in the penalty, and then we just settle for jump shots. We settle for you know last minute heaves, and it's just like that. I don't know. We just need someone, I mean, other than Luca that's like sees those kind of situations. Like you don't have to be a smart player to, 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 to understand that. Well, there was a play and I want to say it was third quarter. It might've been fourth quarter, but Luca was at the top right of, of basically dribbling near half court. He calls for a Josh green screen. 
Josh Green runs up and then he waves Josh Green off. Josh Green cuts down to the baseline. Josh Green then cuts up again, gets the ball at the free throw line from Luca. Doesn't even turn and look at the basket. Just immediately looks to pass it to Reggie Bullock, who was pretty open, probably could have hit the shot. But Reggie elected not to shoot, passes it back to Luca. At that point, there was five seconds left on the clock. And it's it's those sorts of possessions that the Mavericks have against better defenses that kill me, where it's just like, can we not pound the air out of the ball, team? Is there not any action we can run? Right. It, it, was, it was killer. And it's like, like, what do they, I mean, in practice, like, what do they practice? Like, you don't practice getting the ball on the free throw line and turning around and actually do something with it. Like, you know, you, like, what's really done in practice? Like, what's, what's really being worked on in practice, honestly? Like, because... These situations well, they don't not situations. much this time of the year. They do a lot of film stuff, but everybody's pretty tired because okay. they do shoot arounds and they probably go over some situational mm-hmm. stuff, but more more or less because these guys are professionals, they don't really get a lot of practice time at this point. Yeah. And on, on lastly, you know, kid of course, you know, mentioned us on Twitter in his post game comments. It's like, bro, like like come on, man. Like be more serious about this thing. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I I'm, the kid experience for me is I'm over it. You know, it's yeah. I see so much too much standing around, hoping things change, you know, standing around, waiting until, you know, the other team has the upper hand to try to react. There's no proactiveness in this coaching to like, oh, let me do this before, you know, I can kind of predict that this is going to happen. It's none of that. It's just more reactive coaching that he does. And most of the time when he makes his adjustment, it's too late. You know, it's it's already we're already down in the hole and we got to dig ourselves out of it. And we just don't have the personnel to really you know, yeah. be that kind of team. Yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you, man. All right, have a good day. Get some moment. Okay, coming up next, Danny. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Hi, Pierre. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm um, doing great. Well, um, first of all, you know, I'm from Spain, so excuse my English if you don't uh, understand something or whatever. I will, but you but- sound great to me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, uh, I've been listening to you guys uh, for so many years now, and I, I mostly agree on everything you said. Um, for me, the main frustration with Mavericks is uh, just the same of the last years. Uh, there's a roster deficiency of talent. Uh, you know, um, we don't have the, 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 the sufficiently enough good personnel to to be a contending team. Um, just because Luka is that good, that covers up everything else. But it's, you know, it's just watching every year the same team with the same mistakes, little changes, you know, the, the Wood addition and now losing Brunson. It's just watching the same team every year and it's so frustrating to me. It's what it is, is it gets, you know, I tune in every game, not only because it's my job, but because every, you know, every third to fourth game, we seem to get like Luca doing something crazy. So it's like that, that alone is worth tuning in for because he's such a special talent. But it is kind of nuts how how it is the same guys, like just from a when I'm not complaining, which I do all the time, but it, it's just thinking about it big picture with how much turnover there is, that there have been so many of the same people on the roster for Luca's entire tenure is a little nuts. I mean, with with Dirk Nowitzki, obviously different era, different situation. But between 1999 and 2005, the Mavericks rosters have a ton of of turnover and I would just expect that a little bit more I, I mean we'll get there I think but you know because the Mavericks we've talked about it at length they've 
they've gotten themselves into the problem that they were trying to avoid because they're just unwilling to part with players in trades because it's, you know, it's risky. And then they end up in a challenging situation. It's, it makes it a little bit, it just, it, it makes games like this really maddening to watch, particularly if you're doing what you're doing, which is like staying up late to watch the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so so many nights I I just stay up late and watch a frustrating game for the Mavs. You know, I just get a bit angry. Uh, hopefully today it was it was earlier, so I'm I'm just going to go to bed early. But you know, it's it's it's, it's still Team Hardaway. It's uh, Dorian. You know, Mike Powell is still starting for this team. Uh, so many games. And um, you know, I think this year it's just they have to pay the price. You know, they they lost Brunson for nothing. Uh, the KP trade didn't work out. There's so many mistakes they, they make over the years, and they just they just need to 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 get rid of that the big uh, to the Knicks and try to make it right. You know the next big trade uh, because it's probably the last chance they they got to to stand things uh, to be a to be a contending team. You know. Yeah. Well, I hope they figure something out, but I I think that you're right. And I think it honestly might be the best path long-term for the Dallas Mavericks that they sort of not do anything in a panic move because unless they take a really big dive, and I, I even though the schedule actually gets harder, I don't really see them doing anything other than playing 500 basketball. Like, they're not going to dip on, like, a six-game losing streak unless Luka gets hurt. It's just he wills he, – he sets the floor too high. Um <laughs> And and so they're probably they're probably just going to putter along. I mean, maybe they move somebody in a move that doesn't make a big difference. I mean, I wouldn't mind if they were to to move on from let's just say Reggie Bullock, despite him being you know when he's on, he's very important. But I I just don't see if they do anything. So. Yeah, mostly because they can't. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> they probably they, they probably trying to make trades. You know, Bojan. Uh, yeah. Maybe trying to see what the market is for wood out there, but they are so limited. Uh, yep. And there are probably other other teams offering more than them, so they're just, just stuck in mediocrity right now. I'm a little bit scared because you know uh, that seven game winning streak uh, back in December was good, but it was all against bad teams. Bad teams. I just saw three earlier. I, um, yeah, yeah. The, oh, in January I think we are like three and three and six or three and seven, and you know we have played good teams and beside the Miami game and other games, we we. We're not at the level of good teams right now. Um, yeah. Even though we having we having having injuries, you know, and especially with uh, Dorian and Jaws out, the defense is, is harder. But we are just not at the level. It's not like other years, like we compete better against good yeah. teams, and we just we're bad against bad teams. You know, it was different. Uh, this year is just we are not good enough. Uh, it's fun to watch the Mavericks because we have Luca, and he can score sixty and make a historic night. Every single night, so you just like you're you have to watch it, you know, uh, if you don't want to miss it. But uh, it's so frustrating, and I especially when I get I, I stay up late to watch them, um, I get so frustrated because it's it's a bigger problem, it's right. not something fixable right now. It's just what it is, and it's hard to accept. And probably, uh, it's not going to be easy to make, to put a contending team around Luca and. Uh, that the thing that is no clear path to do it is what scared me the most because I have no trust in Cuban, you know. Uh, I don't know who was the guy that I saw on Twitter uh, a tweet uh, some days ago, but the Mavericks haven't paid the tax or have, have been a team with less uh, 
payment in the last five years, like in terms of roster. Um, and yes, yeah, I, I just think yeah, Cuban doesn't want to pay the tax. Uh, he don't want to get involved in that, in that stuff. And that makes it harder, you know, because you look at team like, like the Warriors, the Clippers, all good teams, uh, you know, have to pay the tax at some point. Um, yep. I don't know. I have no trust in the front office. Um, so. Oh, well, thank you for joining us late. I appreciate you spending time with us. Okay, thank you, Kirk. All right, have a good night. Oh, yeah, it is frustrating. It is very frustrating. Adrian, what's going on? Give Adrian a second here. See if the audio will Hey, work. how you doing? I'm good. Thanks yeah, for can joining you, us. Can you, I guess you can hear me well. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, well, so first of all, I'm just looking at the at the box score. And, yeah, you know, what, what can we really uh, expect? I'm looking at the bench, guys. Uh, Bertans, Bullock, Nilakina, and Green. Like you know, <laughs> objectively speaking, we cannot do much with uh, you know guys like this. So well, I think two of those guys barely the... played at all. It was like all Bullock and, and Green. Yeah, I know, and that comes back to the point of you know roster management and and all that. But at the same time, the Clippers—they are so disgustingly deep on the on the wing. Mm-hmm. Like you have Kawhi, you have Paul George, then you have. Covington, and then suddenly you see Batum make a three, and you're also, oh, they also have Batum, yeah? So it's just, uh, I think they are the perfect team to contain Luka. I know that Luka has really good nights against the Clippers historically, but at the same time, I, you can you can see that they're literally built to to stop Luka. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, at the same time, talking about Luka, I, I wasn't very happy with his performance today. I think that the team was actually playing very well in the second quarter when he was uh, on the bench. And then he uh, the ball was moving. Uh, Dinwiddie was uh, on fire, actually. And then Luka came back and the, the offense was uh, stagnant again. I think he picked it up maybe a bit more on the third quarter, but still, I always, you know, fighting with the refs and complaining about calls. And right. Honestly, the free, th- the free throw problem, um, it's embarrassing at this point, to, to be honest. Like, he... Uh, you know, you, you can understand players missing free throws, but the the, the way he misses them, it's just he's so off. It's just so so strange for a for a scorer. So, I think he really needs to work on developing his, you know, improving his uh, free throw shooting if he wants to really not not just for himself, but if he wants the team to be a, a true contender, you know, to well, he's he's to, actually to shooting he's shooting below his career average at this point. Seventy three point one percent his career average is seventy three point six, which You'd you'd assume with the volume that he gets, he might find like get into a little bit more of a rhythm, but he just he doesn't. And he's le- like the fact that he's leading the league in scoring while shooting this poorly from the line is kind of is is just ridiculous. Like if he just shot like the difference between I, I don't know what it would be, but the the point difference if he just shot you know seventy eight percent, you know five percent better. I wonder what his point total would be per game, but it's it is crazy and it costs some Mavericks games. Um, He's not alone. It's not the only reason, but it's, it's just sort of, it's, it's surprising. And, you know, LeBron James never really fixed this. Giannis Attentacumpo never really fixed. It hasn't really fixed this. It's, it's an odd, odd thing for a shot that should be the easiest shot in the game. Yeah. It's strange for me actually, because I've, what, I've actually seen Luca play since he was 16. Yeah. I'm also from Spain, like uh, Danny before. And he used to be a really good free throw shooter at Real Madrid. And I don't know, it's just such a weird uh, regression. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand. But but yeah, that's um, that's what I wanted to say. Oh, as I said on the chat, it's just such a shame that we lost the 
the game when uh, Dorian made a step back three. <laughs> that God, was, that was uh, a crazy shot. Good lord. That was incredible. And then a few minutes later, Josh created also with, uh, who was it? Powell on skates. So that was, yeah. that was a pretty cool sequence. So yep. yeah. But anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for bringing me up. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us again. Talk soon. Krishna, you're going to take us out. What's going on, man? Kirk, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, like I tweeted, I had to watch this game, and in about 30 minutes, I'm going to watch the Cowboys get schlacked by the 49ers. Mm. It's going to be great. Mm. Poor Brett Maher. He's going to miss field goals, and it's going to upset everybody. <sighs> oh, my God. What is it with Dallas owners and just not keeping their mouths shut? I, I swear to God. Stop. I swear to God. Um, I, I Look, I you kind of said it. You tweeted about it. When, when it gets to the point that we're – so mad about Josh Green not doing things, you know that the roster is just not very well built. And as much as I'm a supporter of Josh Green, he didn't play well, but no one really played well outside of Spencer. Nobody, and even, nobody. Yeah, and even Spencer, I sort of – I don't think he played well. I think he made bad shots. His defense was atrocious. Oh, my God. It, 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 the third quarter was so frustrating, right? Like, yep. okay, they got an easy dunk. And then it was like, just just keep doing that. You don't need to do anything insane. But they just let the Clippers destroy them. And what was even more puzzling, and, and Josh tweeted about it, was you didn't put Powell back into the game. Like, it, it made no sense to me. Like, Powell was doing okay yep. uh, up to this point. And you you just insisted on going with the same lineup and not making They're matching any small with small, and it's not like Powell's really a big. I didn't... Josh Bo talked about that a lot. That was his sort of that was him more than more than me on Twitter. I don't, I don't understand that. And it, I've not. But the problem is my my problem is like you can match small with small. Like the Heat smalls, I will argue, are not that great. Like Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, you know, even Victor Oladipo, they're not great. They're not going to do the same thing. But you can't do that against the Clippers. Norman Powell will, probably would be the second best player on this team, uh, arguably, because he's the most he'd be the most consistent player on this Mavericks team outside yeah. of Luca. And and when you have guys like Norman Powell, even Reggie Jackson was okay tonight, which was so frustrating. And yeah, he's had a bad and, year. And you know, other guys just completely dicing you up. Like it, it's just you can't play small, small when their small lineup is much better than yours. That's not how it works. The small ball lineup works when they're either playing very big or their small ball lineup is at a complete disadvantage, which that wasn't the case. And I get it. Powell is not like the most traditional big, but at least it will give you something else. Like I, I didn't understand why you went back to the same thing over and over again. And it's kind of the, the same problems we've talked about. Like there's just no offense that's being run. There's no sets being run. Uh, free throws were abysmal. Like, uh, do they practice free throws? I don't know. Who knows at this point? Uh, I, I feel like it goes to this point where they just go, like, they look at the free throw line and then they just walk away and they say, oh, okay, that's free throw practice. Like, that's what it seems like to me at some point. And, you know, the roster construction is is what it is at this point. It's yeah. been incredibly – it's just – it's saddening to me. It's kind of why, like, I think I mentioned it after the Hawks game – I rather the Thunder like beat the Mavericks out and not the Mavericks not make the play in so that something actually insane would happen. And I think I got even more mad because before the Hawks game, there was an ESPN clip and Bobby Marks pissed me off so badly when he said, 
there's not a single player from Luca's rookie season that's on this team. And I was like, if you even did a bit of research, you would realize that is so false. There are at least four players on this team that are still from that team. Yeah. And it incredibly pissed me off because the, the, there's no roster turnover. Like you cannot sit here and say there is roster turnover. And, you know, the thing is we're all, everyone else is like, we're all just in this spiraling loop of saying the same things over and over again. That's unfortunately just never going to change. And so I don't really know what else to say um, other than that, because it's sad. It makes me very, very sad. That's all. It's frustrating, but we're here. Oh, well, thanks so much for hanging out. You there? Yeah, sorry, my internet was coming out a little bit. Well, thank you for hanging out. Let's uh, let's talk after the Tuesday game. For sure. Hopefully, it goes a little better. But I, I my expectations are not just go five hundred. Maybe you you make the plan and you get swept in the playoffs. That'll be nice. We'll see. All right, thanks, man. We'll see. Talk soon. We got one more request. Chris wants to come up. What's up, Chris? I don't have much to say, but fuck the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, dude, I don't even care. I want us to play them in the first round, and I want us to beat them. I, I just – I hate them so bad right now. We have to at some point get revenge with Kawhi and, and PG on the floor. I swear they, they – I mean, Kawhi seriously owns us. It, it, it sucks, but I'm hoping, honestly, that we play them in the first round. I don't even give a shit. I think that Luca will have his payback then, so I don't know. That's all I have to say. I hear <laughs> you. Know, I hear today you. sucked. Yeah, it's just it, – it felt like the beginning of the game, like things were going pretty good. We were on that seven, or like eleven zero run, right? And then they had their thirteen zero run. But yeah, just playing the Clippers, it just frustrates the hell out of me. How Kawhi out of nowhere just stops the load management. I know he's been they've been playing pretty decent lately, but it just seems like when it goes against us, like I don't know if we've ever beat them like in a regular season. We might have, but I'm just yeah, yeah. We beat them uh, once earlier this year, but Kawhi didn't play. I was at that game. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Kawhi didn't play. The times when Luka's been going really crazy against them is when Kawhi's not playing. But um, I'm sure we beat them in another regular season game, but it's I, I don't remember it. Um, but I think we probably played them one more time in L.A. this year. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, yeah, they, they got to do something about just the, the free throws and just the rebounding, all that stuff. It, it, it's all these things we repeat every single day, basically. But, yeah, it sucks to lose. It sucks to lose against them. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Yeah, so just before we go, Kevin in the chat asks, why is it that you think this team doesn't run any sets? Is it because of Luca's abilities? I know that we don't really think much of kids sometimes, but I'm curious what you guys think. So my, my answer to this question has to, to do with, you know, kid as a point guard would run sets. Kid was a savant. Kid is a savant. Um, Luca is also a savant. Luca, if you give him the opportunity to run, he's going to run the play that he thinks will succeed, which is a Spain pick and roll over and over and over and over. That is what Luca will do. When Luca is on the bench, I think you have to run more complex sets or different sets. Like watch other teams and you will see what I'm talking about. There's just different things you can do besides pick and roll. It's, and I don't know who to place that that blame on. It's a it's a team thing for sure. Okay, fun, you know, fun hanging out with you guys. Go watch that Cowboys game. Get upset about a different sport because I think the Forty ers might run roughshod over them. Everybody, be good, and we will come back here Tuesday night. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. 
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.